Today I want to share part two of our new series called Live Your Calling. Live out God's call on your life. And we're in this series because whether you have discovered it yet or not, you do have a calling from God on your life. Maybe you haven't figured that out yet. Maybe you haven't quite discovered that. But you do have a calling from God. Every one of us has a calling from God. And I believe that if you'll just stick with us in these next four weeks as we go through this series, that you will have God reveal his calling for your life to your life. Stick with us. It's going to be great. Now, God does have a specific calling for you where he has made you to use all that you are, all that he's given you to accomplish something that he's created you specifically to accomplish. God has that kind of specific calling for your life. But listen, God has also called you to himself, here it is, to be loved. To simply be loved by him. I like to say it this way. You are called by him to come to him to be loved by him. That is the calling that God has in your life. The Bible says this, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at this. Long ago, even before he made the world. Now, just stop right there. Before he made anything. God then loved us. Wow. Before he, God can do that kind of stuff. We can't in our humanness. But before he made anything, God already had you and me in mind. And the Bible says he loved us. And right there and then, he chose us to be in Christ, to be holy. That's one of our callings. And to be without fault in his eyes. Then the Bible goes on and says, his unchanging plan, this plan that he had from the very beginning, this unchanging plan has always been, and I love this, to adopt you and me. Amen? To adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. And then then he says, and this gave God great pleasure. This plan to bring us to himself and be in his family brought him great, great pleasure. So God chose to make you so that he could then show you his love and then adopt you into his family. And all of God's church said, wow. (laughs) that's what God has done for us. Now, here are two simple truths about God, and I don't want you to go to sleep on these because you've heard them over and over again, but I want these truths to really sink in. Write this down. First of all, first truth, God loves you. God loves you. The God of the universe who made it all knows you and loves you more than you can possibly imagine. We hear that all the time. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, four, four spiritual laws. We, we hear that all the time. But do you really let that sink in? The God who made it all loves you. He thought you up. He formed you. He made you. He loves you. Yes, you are called to serve him. You're called to do things for him. But the first thing God wants you to do is simply receive something from him. And that is his love. He says, people, I love you. 
receive my love. That's one truth that we just raced by, but let that sink in this morning. Second truth is this, and this God who loves you wants a relationship with you. He wants a day-by-day, moment-by-moment relationship with you. The number one calling in your life is not to a role. It's not to some responsibility. It's not a calling to a bunch of rules. It's not a calling to a bunch of rituals or Christian regulations. It's not to a religion. The number one calling in your life is to a relationship with God himself. But what kind of relationship does God want you to have with him? Is your calling to simply be his slave? To do whatever he asks you to do? To be his servant? Is your calling to be his soldier to fight his battles for right and wrong? No. First and foremost, God wants you to be his son or his daughter. Amen? Oh, come on. Help me out. Amen? Amen. We ought to be shouting about that. The God who created everything. First role, first calling is to be his son, his daughter, one of his children. God wants you in his family. He wants to be in relationship with you forever. The Bible says this. God loves you dearly, and he has called you to be his very own people. So here's this amazing truth. The creator of the universe, our risen, resurrected Savior and Lord, the reigning King of kings that we just sang about, and the Lord of all lords, Jesus Christ, wants you to become his son or his daughter. He wants to adopt you into his very own family so that you can live with him forever. He wants a family, and he wants you in it. You say, oh, can, can, I can't believe that, Pastor. You, you don't know who I am. He wants you in it. From the very beginning of time, before he ever created a star or whatever, he had chosen you already to be in his family. Look at this. The Bible says, what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us that we should be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. You see, from the very beginning of creation, God proved his desire to be in relationship with his creation. We find God constantly walking in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, seeking them, walking with them, talking with them. He proved from the very beginning of time, I want a relationship with my people. I want them to be in my family. I want to I hang out with them. So we find even in the book of Genesis, God going to the garden to hang out with Adam. Adam, where are you? (laughs) He wants to be in relationship because he loved them. And still today, God wants a relationship with every person that he's created. God wants to walk and talk with you because he loves all of his children deeply and unconditionally. If you don't remember anything else from this morning, let that sink into your heart and mind. Those two truths. God loves me and God wants a relationship with me. The Bible says this. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. There's nothing like God's love. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love really is. 
May you experience the love of Christ. May you, may you know it. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. The Bible says, how wide is God's love? Well, it's wide enough to be everywhere. There's not a place where God's love isn't. How long is God's love? It's long enough to last forever. When human love gives up, when human love wears out, God's love is still going. God's love never gets tired, never gives up, never runs out. That's God's love. How high is God's love? It's high enough to overlook your sins. If you put your trust in Jesus Christ to forgive your sins because of what Jesus did on the cross to pay for your sins, God the Father then forgives you and overlooks your sins and offers you a fresh start. How high is that? Wow. It's high enough to overlook your sins. So listen, before anything was created, God had already thought of you. He had already decided to love you. And he had already decided to choose you to be a part of his family. Back then, he was saying, Larry, I want you. Mark, Don, I want you. Jim, I want you. Way back then, God has already decided to love every one of us. And God has been waiting your entire life for this very moment where he could get you to sit still on this Sunday long enough so he could just say this to you. You have no idea how much I love you. I have always loved you. There has never been a moment in your life when I stopped loving you. I planned your birth. I formed you in your mother's womb. I caused you to take your first breath. I heard your first cry. I wanted you to live so that I could love you. I so love you. God wants you to let that sink in this morning. He's been speaking to my heart all week that we get to run so fast, even as Christians, that we don't understand the depth of his love for us. How deep is his love? It's deep enough for every problem. It's deep enough to carry you through your deepest problems because there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. His love is deep. His love for you is far greater than you could ever imagine. Those are two truths. God loves you and God wants a relationship with you. But now, next, write this down. Here are four results of being loved by our almighty God. Four results of being loved by almighty God. When you are really loved by God and you are in a relationship with God, here's the first result. You really feel accepted by your heavenly father. You feel accepted. You, you begin to live with God, walk with God, talk with God. And all of it once, you don't understand how this can be, but you have an acceptance from God, your Father. And when you begin to understand how much you're loved, you understand that you're not rejected by this holy God. But instead, you're accepted by Him. You know that God has every right to reject you because of, of all your sins. You know that. 
But you, you begin to understand and experience his love, and suddenly you feel accepted. Day by day by day, circumstance after circumstance happens, and you just sense God's love flowing into your life again and again and again. And you begin to say, I'm accepted. I, I feel like one of his kids. And you know that you're not perfect, but you also know that you are a part of his family. The Bible says by faith, we've been made acceptable to God. We put our faith in Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins, and that's made us acceptable to God. And now because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with our holy God. Folks, by by coming to Jesus and putting your faith and trust in him to forgive you, you and I, we've been made acceptable to God. The Bible goes on and says, if God says his chosen ones are acceptable to him, can anyone bring charges against them? Or can anyone condemn them? No, indeed. When you really feel loved by God or know that you're loved by God and you're in a day-by-day relationship with him, you begin to feel his acceptance because you've given your life to Christ. You know you're right with God. And you feel accepted as one of his kids. The second result is this. You then have access to your father. When you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you become one of his kids. And you have access to your father. Now, two weeks ago, I learned kind of what it was like to be denied denied access. To be denied access from something. You see, a piece of the door handle on my car, way down inside the door where I couldn't see it, it broke. And so it looked like I could just pull on the handle like normal. And the door would open like normal. No, no visible change. And I would have access to the inside of my car. But every time I pulled on the handle, it just felt like it was locked. Nothing happened. And I, I began to give it a pretty good tug. So then I hit the unlock remote again. Nothing happened. So I locked the whole car again. Nothing happened. And I unlocked it again and nothing happened. So I walked around to the other side of the car car and the passenger door opened just fine so here i am you guys know i drive a a little nissan 350z here i am crawling across the car and using the inside door handle to open the door and so i push it open well they're they're kind of long heavy doors and they kind of close all by themselves so i open it shuts i open it it shuts so i open it and i find something in my briefcase and i prop the door open then i crawl back out of the passenger side of the the z And then I walk around, open the door, get in so I can go home. Now, to not have access was way frustrating to me. You guys know I don't swear, but (laughs) pretty close. (laughs) To not have access, to be denied access to my car, it's like my car was saying, you can't come in. (laughs) No way you're coming in. And that was way frustrating. But here's the truth. God never denies his kids access to himself. God's door is always open. Amen? It's always open. Now, when my kids were little, no matter where I was, they would run to me and they would ask me for all kinds of things. As their father, they just assumed that I knew everything. This is when they were little. (laughs) They just assumed that I knew everything, that I had everything, and I could afford everything. Parents, you, you understand? They just assumed that I I had that all together. So they would come to me because they knew as their father that they had full access to me. 
And the same is true with God. His kids have access to him. If you belong to him, you have full access to God. Look at what the Bible says in Romans. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. Here's the bottom line. You can go to God your Father and simply say, Father, Dad, this is what I need. This is what I'm struggling with. This is my request. I need your help. Well, when my kids came to me, they didn't come to me and say, Oh, thou most gracious heavenly Father, thou provider of the Mendenhall funds. You know, they didn't come to me like that. They said, Dad, I need some cash. (laughs) I'm going out tonight. I need some cash. It was a simple request. Their request was, was confident that I would help them. And the Bible says that you can just come that simply to God your Father. If you belong to Him, you are His child. And as His child, you get special privileges. God's kids get an all-season, no-block-out dates, full-access card to Him. It's better than Disney. (laughs) There's no blackout dates. As a kid, you get special privileges, a special past. And when you go to him, you can be confident that he will hear and meet your needs. So you can boldly go into his presence through prayer and ask him for what you need. Here's what the Bible says. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As one of his kids, you can go to the Father. You do have access. And when you go, you can go with confidence. Your heavenly father knows you, loves you, has already chosen you to be in his family. He has adopted you. You have full access. You can walk to your heavenly father through prayer with confidence. Amen? That's the kind of confidence we can have. Now, the first result or the second result is that you've got this access But when you're really loved by God and you are really in relationship with God, the third result is this. You have peace from your father. Right in the midst of some horrible circumstance where you should not have any peace going on in your life at all, from God's supernatural hand, you will get peace. So you're going through something that's horrific and everybody's looking at you and saying, why in the world... Are you so calm? Why in the world do you have peace in your heart? I know what you're going through. You shouldn't have any peace at all. And all you can say is God has given me a peace that's beyond all comprehension. God gives a supernatural peace that's beyond any human peace. It's a peace that people in this world can't understand. And if you've ever experienced it, it is so real, it's scary. Amen? It is so real. It is a peace that you can't manufacture, you can't drum up. It's from God's hand. And what's happened is this. Your father has come to you. And by his spirit, he has wrapped his arms around you. And he has calmed you. And when you are in the arms of your father, fear fades and peace comes. Amen. 
Fear fades and peace comes. The Bible says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, you may not still, still may not know how things are going to turn out in your situation, but you do know that God is with you because you have a peace that no one else could give to you, and you know that your Father is working for your good. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And then he says this, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. When you're in a daily relationship with this God who loves you, you can have a peace from the Father no matter what your situation is. If you are one of his kids, man, you get acceptance, you get access, and then you get peace that nobody else can give you. Man, I want to sign up for that. Amen? And that's available to you. Then the third result, or the fourth result is this. And then you can have faith in your Father. When you're loved by God because you're one of His kids, and you're in a relationship with Him, you can have faith in Him. You can have faith in Him to be with you, to support you, that He is believing in you. And that he has a power to help you. And when you come to the place where you know that. And you have faith in your father for that. You can accomplish things that you could never ever accomplish before on your own. Because now you have faith in God your father. And you know that wherever you go and whatever he asks you to do. You are not alone. He is right there with you. Walking with you. Talking with you. Supporting you. Holding you. He is there with you. I'll never forget when I was a kid that when mom and dad for Christmas got me my very first bike. And in those days, this was a long, long time ago, they didn't make those little miniature bikes to start out on, you know. The only bikes they made were 26 inches. And I was really tall as a kid, you know. No, I was really short, just like I am now. And so here I was, probably about seven years old, and I get my first bike, and it's a 26-inch bike. And I'm so excited, but I'm looking at that thing, thinking, how in the world am I going to ride this thing? And so then we kind of go through the rest of all the presents, and I just start to think, but if Dad thinks I can ride this, I can ride it. You know, if Dad has faith that I can ride this thing, I can ride it. And so we open all the rest of the presents, then it's time to go outside in the Iowa snow, and for me to try to get on this thing and ride this 26-inch bike in the snow. So we go outside, but before Dad lets me get on this thing, we had to take it over to the steps so I could climb up and get on this thing. Before I got on it, Dad got out some tools, and he went and got some two-befores, and he cut them off, got some bolts, and through the pedals, he put a block of wood on each side of the pedal and made those pedals really tall <laughs> so that I could actually reach the pedals. He put me on that bike, and I was able to take off and succeed, and I was going. You see, I had faith in my father to help me. Didn't know how I was going to do it, but my father showed up and helped me succeed. And then when I was in high school, I asked a girl from another town to go to prom with me. And, uh, and I had met her through Youth for Christ things, and she lived a long ways away. And, and so we had dated a couple times, and so I asked her to go to prom with me. And uh, what I didn't know 
is that she had just broken up with another guy. And I didn't know anything about that past or anything. But all I knew is when I would go to see her at her house, I had to drive through this town where this other guy lived that she used to date. And as I would drive through that town at nighttime, he knew my car and he would be waiting for me. And every time I would drive to this little town called New London, he would pull out behind me and he would tailgate me. He would flash his lights at me. He would just come up and bump my bumper. And then he would pull to the side of me and make really interesting gestures. And uh, this guy was ticked that I was going out with his ex-girlfriend. Well, just before prom night, he showed up at my home and he knocked on the door. And dad answered the door and he said, Larry, somebody wants to see you. He steps off the steps. I walk down the steps into our front yard. And this guy was drunk. I mean, he was drunk. And he wants to fight. And he starts to argue and yell and scream and wants to fight. And I try to talk him down, talk him down. Nothing's working. And pretty soon he comes up and he pushes me back. Suddenly I hear the door to my house open. Dad steps out on the steps. Shirt off. (laughs) Flexing his muscles. And he says, Son, do you need some help? And I said, no, Dad, I think I got it. But with the image of my father standing on those steps, ready to fight, the guy took off and never bothered me again. You see, my father was with me. My father was there to help me. The truth is this, your heavenly father who loves you is ready to help you at any moment. You can have faith in your Father. When you know that you are loved by a father or a mother or by God your Father, you can go on. You can. When you know that you're loved by God your Father and you know he's right there in the wings with you, go on, you can do it. I'm with you. You can do this. Helping you, cheering you on, you can overcome. The Bible says this, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. The perfect love of God, your father for you drives out fear. So when you know that your love, your fear begins to dissipate. It's driven out. And that makes it possible for you to do things that you never thought were possible in life, in service to God, You can do what you thought was impossible. Folks, two truths about God are these. He loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. And when you're in this relationship with him, and you know that you're loved by him, what happens? Well, as one of his kids, you begin to feel accepted by him. Then you learn that you've got access to him. And all access pass. And then... You find that you have peace coming from him when you shouldn't have peace. And then you find that you can have faith in him to be with you no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through. And with him, you can do all things. Amen? Now, some of you possibly today have not yet turned your life over to him. You've not yet followed him as Savior and Lord because maybe you don't think he really loves you. That he loves you and wants to help you with not only your sin problem, but with every problem that you face in life. But the truth is, he does. 
He wants to help you with every single thing in life. So why not make this morning the moment when you fully give your life to God? The one who chose you before anything else was made. The one who said, I'm going to love you with all of my heart. Because if you'll just give him your life, if you'll just run into his arms, your father's arms, the one who loves you more than you'll ever understand, he'll begin to move you into a life that is better than you ever dreamed possible. Folks, even as Christians, even as people that have already invited Christ into our lives, sometimes we get to running so fast and going our own way that we don't stop to understand how much he loves us and how much he wants to help us. But this morning, if you've not yet turned your life over to God, if you're not yet a son or a daughter of God, if you're not yet, you can say without, with, all, with all certainty, if you're not in his family, why not make this moment the moment you decide to let God love you? Would you bow your heads with me? How do you become a Christian? How do you become one of God's kids? The Bible says to all who believed him and accepted him, Jesus gave the right to become the children of God. You simply say, Jesus, I believe in you as Savior and Lord. I accept you into my life. And that's how you become his child. As I pray this prayer, would you pray it in your heart? And invite Jesus Christ to love you. Father, thank you for creating me and calling me to be part of your family. I choose right now to run to you and to follow you, the one who loves me. Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my life. Be my Savior and Lord. I want to live out my calling, which is to be part of your family forever and ever. Father, we just thank you and praise you this morning for your great, great love. Lord, help that to to just sink into our hearts today. As we leave this place, help us to walk out and walk into whatever else is coming today, knowing that we know that we know that we know that you chose to love us from the very beginning. You know us, you love us, you want us. We thank you for that fact in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... Amen.